remember, history lives on through the stories we tell. I'm Peter, and this is Who Died Today, the podcast that explores the lives of famous individuals on the day they passed away. Today we're delving into the extraordinary life of Jacob Grimm, a German author, jurist, and mythologist whose contributions to linguistics and folklore have left a lasting mark on our understanding of European cultures and history. Today marks the 160th anniversary of his death. So without any further ado, let's dive into the early life of Jacob Grimm. Part 1. A Mind Shaped in Adversity, 1785-1806 Jacob Ludwig Karl Grimm entered the world on January 4, 1785 in Hanau, a town not far from Frankfurt within the realm of the Holy Roman Empire. The period was one of social, cultural, and political upheaval, with the forces of the Enlightenment and early Romanticism transforming the intellectual landscape. His father, Philip Wilhelm Grimm, was a well-regarded lawyer in the community, and his mother, Dorothea Grimm, came from a lineage of church ministers and civic leaders. The household was educated, respectable, and deeply entrenched in the values of diligence and moral integrity. Jacob was the eldest of six children, followed by Wilhelm, Ludwig, Friedrich, Charlotte, and Karl. From the start, Jacob exhibited a strong bond with his immediate younger brother Wilhelm, a connection that would only deepen with time and become central to both of their lives. The Grimm household was an intellectually stimulating environment where academic and moral education were deemed vital. The parents encouraged their children to read widely, and young Jacob's appetite for reading was insatiable. However, life took a tragic turn when in 1796, Philip Wilhelm Grimm died suddenly, throwing the family into financial turmoil. The death was particularly devastating for Jacob, who at age 11 found himself bearing responsibilities as the eldest son. The family was forced to move into a cramped residence, where Dorothea's sister Henrietta Zimmer also lived. Despite the financial challenges, the family put a premium on education, seeing it as a pathway to stability and success. Aunt Henrietta, recognizing Jacob's intellectual potential, encouraged his academic pursuits and even helped him fund his studies. Upon completing his early education, Jacob entered the Lyceum in Kassel to continue his schooling. There he became well-versed in the classics and started showing an uncanny aptitude for languages. Jacob displayed an early interest in Germanic history, literature, and folk culture, a focus that was rather unusual at the time. This was likely influenced by his teachers at the Lyceum, some of whom were early advocates of Germanic study. In 1802, Jacob enrolled at the University of Marburg, where he studied law, as the family tradition had kind of stated. However, it was clear that his real interests lay elsewhere, in the realms of history, philology, and folklore. At Marburg, he was deeply influenced by Friedrich Karl von Savonet one of the founding figures of the historical school of law who encouraged his interest in history and philology. The years at Marburg were transformative for Jacob. Besides the law, he delved into the study of medieval German literature, Old Norse sagas, and the broader field of Indo-European languages. His remarkable skill in deciphering ancient texts quickly caught the attention of his professors. During these years, his academic interests began to overlap with those of his brother Wilhelm, who had also joined him at Marburg. Part 2. The Formative Scholarly Years, 1806-1820 After graduating from the University of Marburg, Jacob Grimm found himself at a crossroads. Though he had studied law, his heart was clearly in philology, folklore, and history. The Napoleonic Wars had erupted across Europe, and the German territories were in upheaval. 
opportunities were scarce, particularly for young scholars without financial backing. Yet, it was this turbulent period that would provide Jacob with unexpected paths to hone his intellectual pursuits. In 1806, Jacob secured a position as a private secretary for a high-ranking civil servant, Castle. This was a small but pivotal moment. The position allowed him modest financial stability while offering him the freedom to continue his academic research. Soon after, Wilhelm joined Jacob in Castle, securing a library position that provided them both with valuable access to a wealth of literature and manuscript. Together, the brothers initiated what would become a lifelong collaborative relationship driven by shared intellectual curiosity and brotherly love. Over the years, the brothers' modest home in Castle became a scholarly haven. When they weren't absorbed in their official duties, they were engrossed in research, often working late for the night. They began collecting folklore and fairy tales from various sources, both written and oral, and they pored over ancient manuscripts that held literary and historical treasures of Germanic traditions. Their work was grounded in the belief that folklore was not merely children's tales, but a valuable reservoir of a culture's morals, history, and collective wisdom. Jacob in particular was beginning to synthesize the various threads of his intellectual pursuits. His interest in philology led him to start exploring the structure of the German language, tracing its historical evolution and its relationship to other Indo-European languages. This research would later form the basis of his pioneering work in linguistics, including the formulation of Grimm's Law, which elucidated how consonant sounds change over time within related languages. In 1812, the brothers published the first volume of Children's and Household Tales, more commonly known today as Grimm's Fairy Tale. Although the initial reception was modest, the book was groundbreaking. Jacob and Wilhelm had meticulously annotated each story, providing scholarly context and analysis. For Jacob, these tales were windows into the German soul, reflection of the culture's deepest fears, hopes, and values. During this period, Jacob also immersed himself in the political philosophies that were sweeping through Europe in the wake of the Napoleonic era. Like many of his contemporaries, he was drawn to the burgeoning ideals of nationalism. He viewed the study of Germanic folklore, philology, and history as a means to instill a sense of unity and identity among the German-speaking populations. In his essays and letters, Jacob argued for the unity of German states, often using historical and philological reasoning to bolster his arguments. The year 1816 saw Jacob take up a position at the University of Göttingen, thus formally entering the academic world that he had long yearned to be a part of. It was a profound professional milestone and also a personal vindication. Despite the financial hardships and political uncertainties that marked his early life, Jacob had maneuvered his way into a position that not only recognized his scholarly merits, but also provided him with a platform to advance his ideas. Part 3. The Pillars of Scholarship and Activism, 1821-1840 by the early 1820s, Jacob Grimm had already made a name for himself in the academic world. He was a professor at the University of Göttingen, and alongside his brother Wilhelm, he had published volumes of folktales and essays that had begun to shape the study of Germanic folklore and philology. However, it was during this period that he would produce work cementing his legacy as a titan in multiple fields. In 1822, Jacob published the first volume of German Grammar, a seminal work in the field of linguistics. This was not merely a manual on the rules of the German language, but an expansive study into the historical roots, its development over time, 
and its relationship to other Indo-European languages. It introduced Grimm's Law, which described the systematic shifts of consonant sounds between related languages. The principle had profound implications not just for the study of German, but for linguistics as a whole, affecting how scholars understood the evolution of languages. Around the same time, Jacob also turned his attention to legal history, particularly the ancient laws and codes that had governed the Germanic tribe. In 1828, he published the German Legal Antiquity, a comprehensive look at the historical development of Germanic law. Jacob argued that like language and folklore, law too was an expression of a people's spirit, social structure, and ethical norms. This focus on legal traditions reflected his deeper aim of understanding the Germanic culture from multiple angles, further cementing his reputation as a multidisciplinary scholar. It was also during this period that Jacob and Wilhelm Grimm began compiling what would become their German dictionary. Conceived as a comprehensive, historically grounded dictionary of the German language, this monumental project was intended to surpass all existing dictionaries in its scope and scholarly rigor. Although neither brother would live to see its completion, the project was later finished by subsequent generations and remains a seminal work in German lexicography. Yet, the 1830s brought a significant turning point, not just in Jacob's academic career, but also in his public life. The political climate in Germany was changing, demands for constitutional reform, and greater civil liberties were growing louder. Jacob was among seven professors at the university who publicly protested against the abolition of the Constitution by King Ernest Augustus of Hanover in 1837. These Seven were subsequently dismissed from their positions and some were even deported. This event marked a significant moment in Jacob Grimm's life. The scholar had become an activist. Despite the risks involved, he used his reputation to stand up for the ideals of academic freedom and constitutional rights. The dismissal, although a setback, added another layer to his legacy portraying him as a man willing to stand up for the principles at the cost of personal loss. Following his dismissal, Jacob spent a period in exile in Kassel before eventually settling in Berlin, where he and Wilhelm were appointed to the Academy of the Sciences. This new phase in Berlin marked a period of reflection and continued scholarly contributions, but it also drew a line under a turbulent but immensely productive period in his life. Berlin Years and Lasting Legacy, 1841-1863 Jacob Grimm's relocation to Berlin in 1841 symbolized a new chapter in his already illustrious life. Appointed to the Academy of Sciences alongside his brother Wilhelm, he found himself in a city that was the nexus of intellectual and cultural activity. Berlin offered a fertile environment for his varied interests, but it was also a place where he could refine and expand his life's work. The initial years in Berlin were a whirlwind of scholarly output. Jacob continued his work on the German grammar, which had grown from a single volume to a multi-volume series, each one deepening the complexities of the Germanic linguistics. The text continued to draw international acclaim, being studied not just in Germany, but across Europe and even in the burgeoning field of linguistics in the United States. Jacob also resumed work on the ambitious German dictionary. The monumental dictionary he and Wilhelm had envisioned as the definitive lexicon of the German language, with its meticulous historical annotations and entomological explorations, the dictionary went beyond the mere definition. It was an epic tale of the language itself. Though Jacob and Wilhelm both passed away before 
completion, the project was taken up by later generations and remains a critical resource for Germanic studies today. But Berlin was not just a sanctuary for academic work. It was also a politically charged environment. As the revolutions of 1848 swept across Europe, Germany too was a hotbed of political activism and change. Though Jacob was in his late 60s by this time, he remained engaged in socio-political debates of his era. He attended public meetings and contributed essays and articles to journals advocating for a unified Germany, constitutional governments, and academic freedom, themes that had defined his activism in the past. However, these years were not without personal challenges. Wilhelm's health began to deteriorate, and in 1859, Jacob suffered a heavy loss with his brother's passing. The event was a turning point for him. They had not only been siblings, but also lifelong collaborators. Yet, even in the wake of this loss, Jacob pressed on. His resilience and dedication to his work were emblematic of a man for whom intellectual pursuit was both a personal calling and a public service. Jacob lived long enough to see some of his ideals take root in reality. In 1861, King Wilhelm I ascended to the Prussian throne, setting in motion a chain of events that would eventually lead to German unification. Jacob was honored with various awards in his later years, including the prestigious Pour le Mer, for Sciences and Arts. Jacob Grimm passed away on September 20th, 1863. His death was felt across the academic world and beyond, for his legacy was manifold. The foundations he had laid linguistic, folklore, and legal history had reshaped the entire field of study. His political activism had made him a symbol of intellectual integrity and social responsibility. In universities, his works were poured over by students. In public squares, his ideals lived on in the liberal institutions he had fought for. Perhaps the greatest testament to his legacy is that it defies easy categorization. Jacob Grimm was a scholar, an activist, a linguist, a historian, and a public intellectual. His life was a tapestry of interwoven threads, each contributing to the rich and complex pattern of the 19th century German culture and thought. As he was laid to rest beside his beloved brother Wilhelm, there was a sense that an era had come to an end. Yet, in another sense, his influence was far from over. Jacob Grimm's work continues to be studied, his principles continue to be admired, and his fundamental efforts in laying the cornerstones for entire academic disciplines ensure that his legacy is not confined to history, but lives on in the ideas, values, and institutions that shape our world today. And that brings us to the end of today's episode on Jacob Grimm, a German author, jurist, and mythologist who has profoundly shaped our understanding of European folklore and linguistics. He's also who died today, September 20th. Additionally, if you enjoyed today's episode and want a visual of what Jacob Grimm looked like, please follow our Instagram, who period died period today. Lastly, make sure to rate us wherever you are listening and share with friends and family. Join us next time on Who Died Today as we explore the life of another remarkable individual who made a lasting and indelible mark on history. I'm your host, Peter, and thank you for listening.